I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I've noticed something in your speech that I have never brought up before, but you don't like to use an L. Do I not? No. You call it comedy goad. Or soldiers. I do not say comedy goad. Say That's say soldiers. Soldiers. No, you say soldiers usually. It's just something I picked up. It's not, you know. This isn't going in the podcast, by the way. Oh, it's Leanne saying it is. Okay, fine. <laughs> Welcome to Women Talking Bollocks. A podcast where you'll hear, well, three women talking utterly bollocks. What you won't hear is anyone nattering on about fashion, makeup, diets, or those blinking Kardashians. I'm not even sure I know who they are, if I'm honest. But what you will hear is some uplifting, irreverent chat with myself, Jen Brister, and my two very dear friends, comedians and women, the very wonderful, if slightly eccentric, Maureen Younger, and the dashing, kind charisma bomb that is Alison June Smith. Anyway, look, that's not how we start the show. We start the show with, isn't it lovely to see each other's faces? Well, I'm not so sure at the moment. (laughs) And I'm in a new dress, which obviously nobody can see on the podcast, but it's a really nice dress. It is actually, it's really lovely. It's, It's got a little bit of an oriental vibe to it. And it makes me look like I've got a figure. And it was only three ninety nine, so you can't say fairer than that, can you? You can't say fairer than three ninety nine from Cancer Research. Thank you. Get in. That's where we should all be shopping, Alison. What are you doing shopping on the high street? Get yourself to Cancer Research. Get yourself to Scope. Get yourself to Sue Ryder and buy yourself a three ninety nine dress. That's where we've all gone wrong. Every time I go to a, a charity shop, I'm overwhelmed, Maureen. That's why. I, I think you're quite dedicated. You go, right, I know what I want. Well, to be honest, when you're my size, you've got a very limited option. It's a very small <laughs> section for you. <laughs> As Barbara Nice says, you've just got to hope that somebody your size has kind of died recently. Basically. Great. <laughs> that's, that's a great attitude towards uh, your shopping. I agree with you, Maureen. I think my whole shopping life, because I've been various sizes, usually larger than the traditional norm, I guess, that literally, like, a majority of stores are just out. Like, I wouldn't even bother. You know what I mean? Like, I'm like, uh, people talk about how great Zara is, but I don't think I've ever stepped foot in that show. Do you know what size they're large is? I, I found out when I went up there. So, what size is a large? And they went 12. And I was like, 
pardon? No, that's not true. They do up to size 18, so that is not true. Well, when I went, they told, told me large was a 12. When was the last time you went into Zara? Well, I haven't been for years, because when they told me that, I thought, well, there's no point me going in, is there? <laughs> I mean, exactly. bloody hell, I couldn't even get one of their dresses around my head. Size 12. <laughs> Fair enough. I mean... All of these high street shops, they don't deliver what they should for anyone over the size of a 16 or an 18. They just don't. I mean, I saw an extra large and it was a 14. You think, well, 14 is not extra large. Most women are over size 12. So we're all buying our clothes from somewhere, aren't we? Come on. It's changed a lot, though. I think stores are stepping up a bit now that there are people like Lizzo on the planet, right? Now that Lizzo's appeared, they're like... Oh, maybe there are women that we should uh, make some sizes for that fit. Because I'll tell you, a lot of my life was like, no, no, no. So, yeah, I'm with you, Maureen. It was real easy to shop for a lot of my life because it was like, well, here are my four options. (laughs) (laughs) Do you have them in different colors? (laughs) I will buy one of this and all the colors. Oh, you only have one color. That's fine. I will buy this one item then right now. I'll buy four of those in the same color because it will wear out. Yeah. why everything is black in my wardrobe. <laughs> but a lot of fashion is, well, well, certainly was for a long time designed by um, gay men. I don't think they were really taking into consideration women's shapes. I know. I remember trying on jeans. I won't name the shop. And they were made for people that did not have hips. And you're like, well, most women have hips. That's just one of the things that we come with. And it's like, who have you made these for? Fortunately, now you can get denim with a bit of lycra in it. Mm-hmm. Very nice. I like a high waist and a bit of flair. Is that a boot cut? Is what Mm-mm. you like more in? Is that no, not a boot cut? You like an actual flair, actual proper flair. That looks. It's very flattering. It makes you. It makes your legs look really good. Unless you've got short legs, in which case a flair makes you look like you don't have any feet. And I have. <laughs> I have very short legs. I've got uh, I've got a long body and short legs and very long arms. I, one day I'll show you how long my arms are and you'll be like, hello. Do you have a large, a, a big wingspan? I've got a very big wingspan. My brothers used to call me Oorang when I was a kid for Oorangatang, in case anyone's wondering. Oh! Uh, because uh, obviously Oorangatangs have very long arms and short legs. I don't have ginger hair, but uh, that didn't seem to bother them no they were just like oorang sounds good it seems to wind her up let's call her oorang and to be honest with you it did it's quite hard as a teenager when you've got a unibrow long arms short legs and zits all over your back <laughs> to not feel a little bit like you're not the best looking <laughs> <laughs> let's talk about acne on your back who had acne on their back People are like, well, you're lucky you only had it on your back and you didn't have it on your face. No, I had it on my face, but I also had it on my back. I don't know many people that had that problem, but that was a real problem for me. I did have a few spots on my back because I had a Spanish boyfriend who used to squeeze them for me. (laughs) Oh, I cannot. (laughs) People who are into that, that can pop other people's things. Clary loves to pop a blackhead. If she finds a blackhead on any part of you, it doesn't matter if she doesn't know you. She's in there going, can I squeeze that? You're like, you don't know him. (laughs) We were on a train and a guy, and Chloe noticed that this guy had loads of blackheads in his ears. She was like, that guy's ears are just full of blackheads. I was like, that's made me feel a bit sick. She was like, oh, why doesn't his partner just squeeze those out for him? And I was like, I don't even want to get into how gross that is. And I don't want to think about this middle-aged man's black heady ears but that really is a thing that she's like yep get in there give him a good old squeeze well it's nice to have a hobby isn't it yeah listen some people like to paraglide (laughs) (laughs) it's high adrenaline Alison you'll agree (laughs) 
Oh, talking of ears, I had an ear infection this week, so that was fun. Oh, well, that sounds like a great week. Ooh. And then Jane was like, why haven't you gone to the doctor? And I was like, oh, yeah, that's a good point. And then I got some antibiotics. Thank God for antibiotics. I also had my booster. Maureen, you're the first third booster person I know. Congratulations. I'm in that risk group, so they put me up the, the list, so to speak. And then like, then the woman was like, oh, no, you can't have it. You've, yeah, yeah. And then, so we had to sort it out and everything. But then I was honestly, I was a complete, like Sunday, I was just asleep. I just couldn't wake up. I felt dreadful. I didn't eat till five o'clock. That's how bad it was, Alison. I couldn't bear to get out of bed, even to eat. Maureen! Maureen fasted without unintentionally fasted. That's how that's how tired she was. The good news is I did my show and given that I wrote it the night before and the morning before, it actually went well. Surprisingly well. Bren came and the twins. Thank you, Bren and the twins. And then I watched it again and it didn't, didn't seem to go as well as I, I thought it did. <laughs> Maureen said to me, I'm really happy with that. I actually think that went really well. And then she watched it and then texted me and went, I don't know if it went that well, actually. <laughs> <laughs> it's always the way with a whip that you're like, you're so nervous. You're so hyper nervous about delivering brand new material because it's an hour. You're like, it's not like I can even hide this in amongst a load of material I know works. That you get so amped up about it that by the time it's finished, you're like, yeah, that, that's over. That went well. And then you listen back to it and you go, because I haven't even listened back to the gig I did in Aberystwyth because I was like so delighted it was over. I don't want to spoil the illusion that it went okay by listening back to it and going, oh my God, you have got to write a lot more material, love, which I know I did. <laughs> I, I said to Jen, Alison, I said, oh, perhaps they just didn't record the laugh. Like perhaps the recording didn't get the laughs. And I'm like, that isn't really what happened, obviously. I was like, sure, Maureen, let's just say that. New material, you just feel if people don't stand up and walk out and, like, scream at you, you're like, it went okay. It went okay. I think I was so relieved I got laughs that I kind of, in my head, I was like, I wrote to Jen, I've, I've got a show, it's got legs. And I watched it, it was like, okay, it needs a bit more work. <laughs> What about your week, Alison? What have you been up to? Well, you know, the most exciting thing that happened this week, guys, is I'm nursing a burn on my stomach because get this. So like a few days ago, I went to make a cup of tea. I don't know if anyone's ever done this and I was really tired and I was pouring the, uh, <laughs> the hot water and I just did not pay attention and I was leaning against the counter and it just went over the cup and then just right onto my belly. Whoa. And so I've been nursing a tummy burn this week. Yeah, I've had that. I've had something similar I, I, where I've burnt sort of a stomach sort of near my waistline. Anything you wear, it's like rubbing against it. Yeah, like your underwear rubs against it. And oh, yeah, oh, that's awful. Big knickers. Or no knickers. Well, I wasn't going to get to, but I, hey, I got to say, I'm on team no knicker. If I can get away with no knickers, I no knicker it. You're at home. Run free like a bird. Yeah, exactly. I don't think as women we air our cooch enough. Well, it's only quite a recent thing that people have been wearing knickers, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, people didn't wear knickers back in the olden days. They just had their cooch out and about. Well, you couldn't with those dresses, could you? You wouldn't be able to get them on and off in your crinoline. No, exactly. <laughs> I mean, as it was, you had to have a woman lift up your dress so you could have a wee. And the size of some knickers that exist nowadays with like thongs in it. What's the point? Just don't wear any. Pointless. Let's Don't strangle her. Don't strangle the poor girl. Let her breathe. Listen, I don't get the thong. I'm sorry for the listeners who are into this. I tell you what, I tell you what I like. I like a big knicker. And I'm going to say it publicly and with absolutely no embarrassment or shame. If you go through my knicker drawer, why, firstly, why are you going through my knicker drawer? But say you were going through my knicker drawer, <laughs> okay, you will only see 
a big Marks and Spencer knicker in there. Okay. Look, I mean, I, I like to vary the colour and some, t- some of them, Maureen, have a bit of lace in them. I've got, I've got a bit of lace going on today, but a big knicker. I tell you what I like the knicker to do. Cover my butt cheeks. <laughs> Jen, how was your week? I will be brief, but I went to go and see a, a gig on Saturday night and it was Erland Cooper at the St. George's Church in Brighton. And it was just, it was just so, I can't tell you how much I enjoyed it. I absolutely, it was such a magical night and it was so, all of, you know, I, I went with Chloe and a couple of mates and we were just the whole time mesmerised by the whole event. Prior to the gig, he had uh, messaged me to ask me if I would like to read a poem during the performance. And um, we've never met, we've never spoken, we don't know each other at all, but he knows I'm a fan because I have <laughs> gone on social media about a zillion times talking about him. So he messaged me, so I know you're going tonight, would you like to read a poem? And it was a really, it's a really beautiful poem. And I did read it with a string quartet behind me. And it was just lovely, but I was quite... I wouldn't say nervous, but I was quite sort of like, I didn't understand quite when I was supposed to step in and do the poem because it was all very vague. Uh, He said, come in after the keyboards, but just before the string quartet goes in. And I was like, I don't know when that is. And then I sort of stepped on and I, and actually the poem just feeds directly into the music and it was great. But um, he said, he's messaged me afterwards to go, you didn't even get eye contact with me. And I was like, oh, I didn't know I was allowed to. I, I just thought I'd read the poem and then get off because he was sort of doing his thing as a musician and, and, you know, you don't want to be like hanging around going, uh, you know, it's like uh, my job was to go on, read a poem and get off. So I did that. Anyway, it was it was amazing. And I had a lovely evening. And my only criticism, uh, Erland, if you're listening, which I know you're not, it's too short. So please make your concerts an hour longer. Ah, always leave the audience wanting more, Jen. You know that. I know. I know. But still. For our listeners, if you haven't uh, heard Erland Cooper's music, I urge you to go on to your streaming channel and then buy it, for heaven's sake, because uh, I bought them and I think that we should uh, support artists that, that we enjoy. And uh, I can recommend you start on Heather Blether, which is a brilliant album, but also Seal Scary is is a fantastic album. And then the other one I've forgotten, but it's got a goose in the title. That's also great. <laughs> Knock yourselves out. That was our week. Hooray. Well, more in Younger. We have to go to you because it's time to find out what is your Bima Money Moment. I'd managed to block myself as a spam sender. <laughs> I chose my own number and my own contact to block. <laughs> oh my God, Maureen, I don't understand. I mean, I understand, but I don't understand. I've got to shut this down now. I've got to shut it down. Well, actually, first, I'm going to do a Be More Maureen moment from one of our listeners, from Suze. And if other listeners got Be More Maureen moments, feel free to send them to us. She went, I thought I'd send you a BMM moment of my own. I have a lot of them. I'm an identical twin. Once when I was going into work, I was waiting for the lift up to my office. It arrived at my floor. The doors opened. I got in. I was excited to see my sister was in there. How weird. I said with happy surprise, hello, what are you doing here? Then realised I said hello to my own reflection in the mirror. How disappointing. That's awesome. That is an absolute <laughs> classic. Imagine thinking you're saying hello to your twin and it's you. Wow. <laughs> well done, Suze. That is a definite Be More Maureen moment. Thank you very much, Suze, for that. Thank you, Suze. So I'm gonna uh, can I just say this one does not shed me in a good light, unlike all the others, obviously. Oh, well, I mean Maureen. That's <laughs> I think that's a given, isn't it? Okay, so right, talking about we talked about theatre last time. This is another theatre story. So I went with a mate to watch a play that some friends were in. And the play was 
probably the most boring, boring play I've ever seen. And I've watched Racine in French. So it was absolutely tedious, right? And I know it's not good, but the actors couldn't see us. Because we were so bored, me and my mates started doing noughts and crosses on the corner of the evening standard to kind of keep us awake. This is before mobile phones, young people, if you're under, under why don't they just get the phone out? Anyway, the actors were having drinks, not in, I think it was above a pub, but they were actually drinking somewhere else. So we obviously knew that. So we went and joined them and we did that thing that you always do with actors. Oh, what did you think of the play? And of course the play was shit. So we just, oh yeah, the set design was fantastic. Oh, the costumes were lovely. The lighting. Oh, the yeah. lighting was amazing. <laughs> you know, we did all that. Anyway, we all, we've all done it. Anyway, I can't remember what happened, but the guy I was with, he disappeared. And then this middle-aged woman came over and she was absolutely livid. She went, uh, you're an actor, aren't you? And she obviously didn't recognise me, but I think because I was with all the actors and she obviously realised I was an actor. She went, you're an actor, aren't you? And I went, yeah. She goes, you should be ashamed of yourself. She goes, I saw you doing noughts and crosses during the play. And I went, and instead of going, actually, yeah, that was really out of order. Obviously, I just go on the attack and I went, well, I said, that play was so boring. I could have tore my hair out, ripped my hair out. And it turns out she was a director. <laughs> oh, Maureen. <laughs> she kind of was so shocked at what I said. She just zoomed off because obviously I think she thought I knew who she was. And I just went, well, that play was so boring. I could have ripped my hair out. <laughs> Maureen, that's a double whammy, isn't it? First, you're doing noughts and crosses. Then you're confronted by the noughts and crosses. Then you tell the director that you think her play shit. <laughs> well, hey, listen, double down on these things. She never cast me for anything. Um... Weird, weird, weird. Well, at the same time, like to come at you and be like, you should be ashamed of yourself. You you were trying to stay awake. Like I, that's what I that was saying. Blows my mind. Yeah, that she was like, "How dare you do that? Well, how dare you direct such a boring, bloody play?" Well, I think she was taken aback because I think she thought I knew who she was, and I'm an actor, so obviously there's a power thing there. But, but it was because I didn't know who she was. <laughs> so you're like, I don't know who anyone is other than myself. <laughs> I was like, well, I'm sorry, but the play was so. It was like it was a play translated from the French. It was a philosophical French play. I mean. Fuck's sake. I mean, nothing happened. I was bored shitless. I think I probably said that as well. I was bored shitless. You probably said that, Maureen. I Directly to her face with a smile <laughs> you, on your you face. You probably opened with that, actually. Well, I'm sorry, love, but I was bored shitless. And then went into having your hair torn out. <laughs> what do you think of that one? That is, once again, an absolute classic. That's a great one. That's a great one. I am going to now say to you, Maureen, um, that maybe I don't want to go to the theatre with you again. <laughs> Okay, this is round three of the theatres. I mean, first one, you go to a play, it's not even the right play. Second time, you go to a play, you fall asleep in the play. Third time, you go to a play, you think the play is so shit, you tell the director you think it's shit. <laughs> <laughs> That's a triptych, so we've done it. A, a theatrical triptych of Maureen Younger's Be More Maureen moments. You Woo! are welcome. Alison, it's time to go to you because... What we need is a bit of flipping uh, uh, advice about our lives. So let's go and ask Alison. Go to the gym, get it together, pay your taxes and stop eating chips. Take my advice. Take my advice. Cause I ain't using it. No, no. No, no. Take my advice. I ain't using it. 
Well, as always, everyone, it is an absolute joy. I truly enjoy it. So please, please, please keep sending them in. Some people are slowing up, and I know you got problems out there. I know you got problems. This world is full of them. This week, uh, how do you deal with someone who was horrible to you in the past but is now acting towards you like they're your best friend? All right, so essentially fake people. How do we deal with fake people? Which, okay, first of all, in this day and age, let's face it. I think fakeness, it's a result of what is out in the world. Social media, right? It's all about smoke and mirrors. You're creating the idea of who you are, putting out there what you want people. And I think it's almost slipping into real life. Like people forget that, you know, you're going to have genuine interactions with humans who are going to know if you're full of crap. So I think it's a stronger problem than it has ever been before. So the first thing I would say... Obviously, if there's a fake person in your life, someone that you're like, you know, they treated me one way, now they're treating me another way. I mean, stay away from this person. Get this person out of your life. Try not to be around this person. However, maybe this person, you can't. Maybe they are attached to somebody you're close to. Maybe it is a work person. Maybe. So unfortunately, in this world, we are going to have to deal with fake people. If you can be done with them, I always suggest just politely fading them out of your life. But if that can't happen, Here are some other things we can do. You have to realize that with fake people, they are like narcissists. You can't fix them, right? You can't fix liars, which is what a fake person is. They are a liar. But if you must interact with them, here's what I think. I think sometimes, and I'm not saying do it or on attack, but I think we need to find out the root of the fake person. I think sometimes that fake person maybe needs to be approached on it in a delicate manner. You could genuinely just take them aside and be like, hey, what's up? I I have noticed that your behavior towards me has changed significantly, right? Be the non-fake person in that situation. Not an attack, but genuinely go, something's up. Like you were acting this way and now you're acting this way. Put on your big person pants, people. Do it. Be the person that that holds up the mirror to them a little bit. Address it perhaps with mutual friends. I'm not saying talk behind people's backs, but if you have mutual friends and you've noticed a real change in behavior, maybe bring it up, right? Maybe say, hey, have you noticed so-and-so is is acting quite a bit differently than they used to towards me or or to everyone? Or if you have mutual friends, maybe bring it up. One thing I'm going to say is please stop sharing any information with a fake person. All right, do not let them in. Do not, because fake people, they try to get info out of you. Sometimes fake people are a little bit of a manipulating kind of person. And so they want information to be able to use to fake out other people. So really stop opening up to them. This I liked. What about using the same fake behavior right back at them? Like literally... What are they, how are they treating you? Do it right back to them. Hopefully they're aware enough that they will get the point that like, "Mm, all right. Keep it above board though. If this fake person is talking about people or trying to change perceptions, ignore it. Again, fake people will really try to bring you into their world. Stay above board, all right? Don't, Don't be manipulated into conversations about other people. This is something that fake people really do. They really want you to get into their world and they want to manipulate you and try to get you. Sometimes they even want to make you look like the shitty person. Big thing to remember, I think, when it comes to fake people, lying people, is that you got to remember, it's not about you. Keep reminding yourself that they aren't lying to you. 
They're lying to themselves. And while it might be frustrating to deal with this kind of person, remember that they are the ones who will have to continue to suffer with this behavior. So that is the thing I think to remember is that this behavior may be coming from somewhere else. We don't know what's going on inside of a person. If you care enough to figure out why they're acting this way, delve into it a little bit. If you can get them out of your life, slowly wean them out of your life. But just remember, I almost deal with them with a bit of sympathy because they are the ones that are going to have to live with themselves. That's my advice. Thank you, Alison. You have a lot more empathy than I do. <laughs> or me. <laughs> because those people can get to fuck. I know their game. I'm not, I'm not fucking goldfish. I've got a memory. I remember you being a prick. And now I remember, now I see you being nice. And I'm like, what's in it for you? I don't fucking know because I can give you nothing. I just find it annoying because I've had the, two people do this to me recently. And you just think, yeah, I, exactly. You know, I had cancer. I didn't have Alzheimer's. It's like, I know what a bitch you've been. I'm not going to forget that. I mean, I'm not just because you send me a nice text or a nice email or some time has passed. And I just find it really annoying. And I just really want to say, what the fuck are you playing at? You can. You, I think you should. If you genuinely, why not? No, because I think if you do, what they just act all innocent. They, they gaslight you and they just go, no, it wasn't that. Well, they, they, they rewrite history. Also, none of these are explicit. Are they actions? They're usually sort of when people are, you know, just are underhand or passive aggressive or, you know, are saying things behind your back or you haven't called me, you know, a, a cunt to my face. But I know that that is, you know, there's something about me that threatens you. And now for every reason, you're seeing a window in that 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 might be useful for you. In, in, that I might help you in some way and so now you're being nice to me or whatever but I can you know you can see that or I know someone that you want to know that's often the case it's like oh yes. I didn't know that you were friends with so and so and I'm like yeah I have been for years oh you find that in your career don't you find your you know when your career is going better when certain people start talking you're like oh you never used to talk to me and suddenly they're oh, suddenly we're apparently friends. And you're like, well, you quite happily ignored me for years. I mean, you must have got that, Jen, because your career went up, you know, when you did Love the Pollock, went up quite a bit. And suddenly people probably are talking to you that or perhaps more friendly to you than they used to be. I mean, yes, there's a few, definitely a few cases of that. But on the whole, most people um, continue to ignore me. So, um... <laughs> Alison, thank you very much. My pleasure. You look surprised that you're here. I've just woken up. And yet she still has applied mascara and lipstick. I just want to point It's called being professional, Alison. (laughs) Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professional professionals you can't find anywhere else including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role like me in a given month over 70% of linkedin users don't visit other leading job sites so if you're not looking on linkedin you'll miss out on great candidates like sandra 
Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com. What is the show called? Oh, yeah, I've got it. We've been talking bollocks. Yeah. Okay. Is everyone happy with that? <laughs> so, what have we been watching on the television? I've been watching two things. On YouTube, I've been watching What's My Line from the 1950s and 1960s, which is an American institution. Only the little bits, because they have the bits where they have the star guest in, which, you know, they have really famous people. So I've been watching that. It's quite an interesting programme. And also it led me, one of the people that was on the panel all the time was this journalist called Dorothy Kilgallen, who I'd never heard of, but very interesting woman. And she apparently had tracked down all behind the the Kennedy um, assassination and was going to publish everything. And they got, then died suddenly very suspicious circumstances yeah she mysteriously died yeah but she was a um a journalist that that talked about uh, celebrity culture before there was before like now celebrity is a big thing isn't it but she used to write about celebrity back in the 50s and 60s and was an institution particularly in new york she used to have these parties and if you got got to go to her one of her parties you were you know you'd, you'd see everybody that was in the you know in the zeitgeist. And she she died in, ver- in very suspicious circumstances. And then she'd apparently given all her information to her best friend, who then died two days later. I'd like to know more about her, actually. She's a very interesting woman. You can tell she's very bright because she often guesses who the, the people are. Just, you know, she asks very intelligent questions. So I've been watching that. And then also I've been watching, which I think you, you and Chloe might like, Guilt. Have you watched Guilt on BBC? Second series now, but series one is up on iPlayer. Okay. I watched four episodes in two days, so that it was only four episodes in series one. It's a it's a drama about two Scottish brothers. One is a prick of a lawyer who everyone will find annoying. He's also got a deadbeat brother. He used to be in a band, now runs a record shop that his brother bought for him, but doesn't really run it properly. And then one night they're coming back from a wedding and they run over somebody and kill him. And because it's the brother's driving, he hasn't got a licence, he's been he's drinking, the, the, the brother's a lawyer, they somehow manage to get him back in the house and make it look like it's a natural death. And they think they've got away with it. Obviously, they haven't got away with it because it'd be a very short series otherwise. And so every time they think they've got away with it, something else happens. And it's because um, it's so well written because nobody's who they seem. It always turns in a way that you don't expect it. Like the last second of the last two seconds of the first episode, you're like, oh, fuck. 
there's some really black humor in there there's a bit where they both end up at the funeral at the wake sorry and um it was laugh i was laughing out loud thinking i'm not sure i should be laughing at this but it was very funny it's very interesting because nothing is what it seems everyone's a bit slightly a bit different from what you think they're going to be and i really enjoyed it actually right okay it sounds like I know what you did last summer without the murdering. Well, there is there is that, of course, they run that guy over. Oh, yeah. Well, there is one murder, but <laughs> yeah, with with one murder. Just but that's like, you know, that's not. Is that a murder if there's just one? No, going. Well, on. yeah, <laughs> I think technically it is a murder, but it's it's just the way that because the, the, I'm, I'm, I'm doing a playwriting course at the moment. So I'm trying to I know playwriting and TV is different, but you just see the way that they write the script. It's the writing is excellent. So I totally reckon I think you and Chloe would like that. OK, we'll check it out. I haven't been watching anything because I have been working every night and on the night I had off I went to see Ellen Cooper. So the only thing I've been watching is the same thing I watched last week. I've watched another episode of Squid Game and I've watched another episode of Ridley Road. The Squid Game, what an interesting take on humanity. That's the only thing I'll add to what I am gleaning from Squid Game is that whoever wrote this has a very poor view of human beings and what we will do for money. Uh, I find, I'm finding it fascinating and I'm, I am really enjoying it. it the, the plot doth thicken. And Ridley Road, yeah, I think people are on Twitter losing their minds about how amazing Ridley Road is. I've seen people going, this is the best drama I've ever seen. Um, not for me, actually. Not the best drama I've ever seen. I, I'm not even close to the best drama I've ever seen. I am finding it okay. I don't think it's bad. I just, I don't, I'm confused as to what everyone's saying is so amazing. It's well done. It's a, it's a good, it's interesting story and it's, it's well done. I think the lead actress is very good. Yes, but there's something in it that just, I just, I'm not taking to it and I don't know, I can't understand what it is, but I, there's something in it. I think, I tell you what it is. There's not any gloomy, it's not gloomy enough for me. I need it. And there needs to be more gloom. More. But I, I'm sorry, but it's a, even though it's on the backdrop of 1960s and it's basically about fascists, it's still too upbeat for me. Well, that might say something more about you. Alison, <laughs> <laughs> what horror have you to share with your friends? Yeah, I think, I think this is a classic and I do hope that you all will perk up when I say this one because it went along with like fake people, people pretending to be something they're not. I chose... The Lost Boys. Oh, okay. Never seen it. Oh, Maureen. It's an 80s classic. It truly is. So let me let me read. I loved this movie when I watched it. Loved it. Kiefer Sutherland. Uh, okay, Lucy, along with her two sons, Michael and Sam, move to a small town in California. Soon, the two boys are sucked into the mysterious and dangerous world of bikers, vampires, and vampire hunters. Now, the reason why I went with this is because poor Michael, the eldest son who gets conned into becoming a vampire, it's because those vampires lied about who they were. And if they were just honest from the beginning, Michael could have chosen whether or not he really wanted to be a vampire, but they lied and he was sucked into it and became a vampire without realizing he was becoming a vampire. It was also because of Star, the girl in it, uh, you know, girls always, you know, love makes you do crazy things. So he followed Star and became a vampire. And um, 
I know Maureen is looking at me, and even as I say these words out loud, she was like, nope, not watching it. But I'm telling you, Maureen, it is a classic that the world will be like, Lost Boys. It's one of those ones you just, if you haven't seen it, yeah. And everybody, everybody fancied Jason Patrick in that movie. I mean, even I did. He was so (laughs) beautiful in that film. Mm -hmm. I mean... It's almost as beautiful as a woman. Was he the one in 90210? Uh, no, that's somebody else. No, I don't think so. He, I mean, Jason Patrick was in a lot of th- things in the 90s. Hang on a second. Let me see what he was in. I'm going to go on Google. Sleepers. He was in that movie Sleepers. Oh, yeah. Sleepers. Yeah. And Speed. And anyway, look, he's been in lots of things. The, the, bloke's got, the bloke worked, okay? He's an actor. He's had a job. Anyway. He was so super cute in The Lost Boys. I don't know about the rest of you, but honestly, the, the whole time I thought, I wouldn't even hesitate. I would have become a vampire in a, in a second, right? All those cute vampires, a place of belonging. I would have been in in a heartbeat. I loved it. And it was uh, at the height of the Feldman, he- the, co- the two Corys. That's very sad. It was before Dream a Little Dream, everyone. It was back in the good years. Yeah, well, I mean, I mean, was it? It probably wasn't the good years for those two young men. But anyway, but they were young, and uh, and we and, uh, so so they had two kind of heartthrobs, didn't they? They had um, Jason Patrick for the teenage girls, the older teenage girls, and then Corey Aim for the preteen girls, which is what I was when I watched it. Um, but obviously, I was looking at Star. But anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, Star was beautiful, though. I wanted to be Star. I was like, oh, my God, I want to be that vampire girl. And there was one point, there's a line that my, my, one of my brothers used to quote over and over again. Um, so he's looking at worms. that they, they are noodles, and then they turn to worms. And then he's like, and he goes, and then I think it's Kiefer Sutherland. He just says something like, he says something like, they're just noodles, Michael. Just noodles. Just noodles. And the way he says it, it's just noodles, Michael. But he's looking at the worms. Oh, and then it turns back into the noodles. He spits them out and throws them. And I remember thinking, that looks like really good noodles. He's wasted all those noodles. <laughs> they did look like great noodles before they were worms. Maureen, you should watch it. It's not scary at all. It's no. camp no. and fun and Jason Patrick's super hot. And he's just your type, actually. You'd, you'd be well into that. Okay. Anyway, thanks very much, everybody. That was our television habituals. Oh, God, it's Ma- is it Maureen again? We've got to do something. <laughs> two bits of mooring. It's just not on, is it? Do you want a third section? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> Alison, oh, I should say um, two people came up to me after my show who are WTB listeners, and they actually asked Alison, they said, can we have an hour of Be More Maureen? And Jen said... No, I don't want that. I don't want that. <laughs> Nobody wants that. I don't want an hour of Be More Maureen's because I will literally slam my head into uh, a door. <laughs> Of course, it's the corner time that is often cultural, but sometimes just batshit. <laughs> okay, so uh, it's going to be book club because we're doing book club next Tuesday. So I finished The Vanished Bride, which, as you know, was a historical crime drama with the Bronte sisters. I mean, it's very well written. Recommend? Yeah, I mean, I, it, you can't, I, it wasn't like I had to, it wasn't a, a page turner, but yeah, I would recommend. It's well written. If you're into the Brontes, it's it probably quite interesting because like the, one of the big characters there, one of the baddies is a guy called Robert Chester, who presumably is meant to be the model for Rochester. So you want to see Robert Chester Rochester, who's a, one of the main characters in Jane Eyre. And so I suppose if you're a Bronte fan, you will find a lot of those references. If you're not a Bronte fan, it doesn't really matter. I think what struck me was that it's quite a feminist novel. Well, not quite, it is a feminist novel. And I was reading it while the whole thing with Sarah Everard, you know, when he was found guilty in that whole... For those who don't know, Sarah Everard was a woman who was killed by a Met police officer. 
And that, and I was reading it in the chapter about because the, investigating this woman who was mur- who was who seems to be murdered, and they're like, you know, we want to speak for the women whose voice you never hear, who disappear, who get murdered, and their voices disappear, and you never hear about them again. And so for me, while that was going on, and I was reading this, you're like, it, it made it quite relevant. And so the the novel is is very feminist in that it kind of portrays how limited women's lives were. So for the Bronte sisters, uh, if they're not going to get married, which it looks like they're not going to do, they've got uh, and their father, when he's a parson and he dies, they'll have no income. So their only options are governess, if uh, running a school, if they're really unlucky, a lady's companion. And so you realise how limited women's opportunities were and how limited their lives were. And it makes it that makes it very clear. So what they're doing is quite, you know, it's kind of out the norm. And uh, there's also a lesbian plot, I believe, a little side plot, I think. I'm back in the room, Maureen. <laughs> but yeah, so yeah, it, it's interesting. I think it's interesting. It makes you realise how limited women's lives were, you know, how little opportunities you had and how grateful we should be. Because you kind of always assume that rights are going to just get better and better, whereas sometimes they can go backwards, as we're seeing in certain countries and certain states in America. But the next book we're going to do is Anne Tyler, who's American, prolific American writer. And it's back when we were grown ups. And I'm just going to read the blurb rather than me trying to paraphrase. Uh, One morning, Rebecca wakes up and realises she's turned into the wrong person. Is she really this joyous and outgoing organiser of parties that put, put upon heart of her dead husband's extended family? What happened to her quiet and serious 19 year old self? And what would have happened if she'd married her college sweetheart? Can someone ever recover the person they've left behind? Which I thought, you know, when you're our age... Yeah, I think oh, I can uh, relate to this story. And I've read her Spool of Blue Thread, which was a which I didn't think I'd like, and it was brilliant. She's a very good writer. I would totally recommend her. Uh, back when we were grown ups, and if you want to join the book club, I'll put the links on the social media um, on WTBs and on my social media, and you can just join there. Great. Thank you, Maureen. That's, that sounds great. And I'd be very interested to hear about what you think of those books, not least because, you know, I love to send my mum a regular little book. And I do use your book club. And so far, she has enjoyed most of the books. Thank you very much, Maureen Younger. I don't want to lose my shit over... OK, this is it. Right, let's go. It's happening now. I cannot handle this. Well, it's it's rushing upon us the end of the show, but we cannot have the end of the show until we have a little magic, until we hear a little bit about, Jen, what the hell's been getting your goat? Well, what's got my goat? Okay, so I'm going to do a takeover of my own section <laughs> as a, an appeal for an NHS campaign that I am currently... Um, helping with what would you say i don't know if i don't sometimes i don't know if i am helping no you are helping you're doing a lot of work for it i am helping okay right so basically what's happening is i just need our listeners particularly i mean i'm really i'm so apologies to people that don't live in this country because this is not relevant really to you but we are supporting a group of nhs campaigners that are launching a public awareness campaign for just to get the public to take direct action on a bill that is about to go through which is the health and care bill in this country which will basically put the final nail in the coffin of our NHS. Our NHS is being sold to US corporations. It's been gradually been sold off. We know that, you know, we can see that in the care that we are now receiving. But this bill will be it, you know, and once it goes through, there won't be 
an opportunity for you to go and see your GP at all without paying for it. There won't be an opportunity for you to go and get an operation without paying for it. You will have to, you'll be forced to, because it will be such a skeletal care system that it will be almost not fit for purpose. You will be forced to get insurance, whether you like it or whether you don't like it, because the service that we that will be left over, which will still exist under the banner of the NHS, will be an embarrassment and a shame. So what we're asking people to do, okay, it's a really simple thing, is just to get involved because we know that this government love a U-turn, okay? They flip-flop all over the place, okay? They don't have uh, an ideological backbone in their bodies, okay? But they want to make some cash and they want to make a shitload. And if we sell the NHS off, boy, oh boy, are they going to make some money. But we, the general public, the British people, will be left without the jewel in our crown as a society, which is our NHS. So what can you do? Well, on the 25th of October, this is when the campaign will launch. What we're asking you to do is to get involved, is to go to yournhsneedsyou.com and it will give you a list of the things you can do. Now, what am I doing? I'm trying to tell as many people about it because this is happening by stealth, okay? No one's talking about it. The press aren't talking about it. The media aren't talking about it. So I'm telling you, do you care about your NHS? Find out what you can do by going to yournhsneedsyou.com. You can make your own. I'm making a video, which I'm going to upload on the 25th of October, and that will say to people to encourage them to take direct action, okay? Now, you can uh, write to Sajid Javid. You can write to your MP. You can put a video up on social media. You can tell your family. You can tell your friends. This isn't a political thing. This is a cross-party thing. It doesn't matter if you're Tory, if you're Labour, if you're Green, if you're Lib Dem, or if you don't vote. It's not important. Maybe you don't think you're political. Maybe you don't think politics is important. Forget that. This is a grassroots movement to save our NHS. Now, Marcus Rashford managed to do it for school meals. I think that we can do it for the NHS. So, I mean, listen, it, it, it doesn't begin and end on the 25th of October. It just, it starts on the 25th of October. So probably next week we'll, we'll talk a bit more about it and, and find out if there's any other things that you can do. But, but what people can do is when they see the films, we've got to all put up clips and stuff. It's to retweet, share, retweet and spread the word and put, and even do your own little video, just retweet everybody's. Because the more, the more traction we get, the better, the better it will be. And I mean, as somebody who's just had cancer, I mean, the idea of having to have, pay for though I wouldn't be able to afford an MRI scan or I'd have to raise money to get the operation I mean that's just if you've got cancer the last thing you want to do is worry about how you're going to pay for the pay for it all exactly and a huge swathe of the people in this country will not be able to afford health care at all okay do we is that what we want of course not so you can sign a petition you can email your MP you can tweet Sajid Javid you can and there's more you can do but go to your nhsnewsu.com and find out what you can do on the 25th of October, which is when this campaign begins. And we would love to have all of our WTB crew behind us. I thank you. Yeah, that's a very good one. Because it's happening. That's what people don't realize. Just because we haven't heard of it doesn't mean it's not happening. And for someone from another country coming here, what scares me is when you see it happening in one country, rest assured, it will happen in other countries. So the states have lived with this for forever, the, the fear of it. Canada, we built our healthcare system off of the NHS. And when I see what's happening, I go, well, that'll happen somewhere else. The issue is, I mean, I've lived abroad. I, don't, I, I think people don't realise how lucky you are, the idea that it's free at the point of access. I mean, we've all paid for the NHS and our, our taxes. And people don't realise, you know, in America, they, you know, you've got to 
show your insurance before you get in the ambulance or whatever and you know things like that and the, and the quality of treatment differs depending on what you can pay and we're all we're all freelancers so our insurance would either be incredibly expensive which it is abroad i mean ridiculously expensive or we just wouldn't be wouldn't be insured i know american who can't go back to america because she hasn't you know she's lived here all her life she hasn't got insurance so she can't she can't go back home. We don't want this for this country. And again, it's capitalism gone mad, where it's just going to be a few people who make a load of money at the expense of most of us. So thank you very much for listening to my soapbox moment. I do appreciate your time. But now, sadly, we've come to the end of the WTP podcast for this week. I can feel there's grief in the room. I can sense it. It's okay. Um, <laughs> We're grieving. I mean, I mean, there's a little bit of grief, but there's also a little bit of relief because it means we can all go and have a coffee, which I absolutely Yay! love. Okay, Leanne, Leanne's like, yeah, babe, wind Got this it. shit up now. Okay, <laughs> it's done. Goodbye. Women talking bollocks. If you enjoyed today's episode, then why not subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, like us, leave a wonderful message saying how much you enjoy our dulcet tones, particularly mine. <laughs> Will that do? Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.